<clears throat> Hare Krishna, <clears throat> dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here at Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel where we're, we've created a little haven trying to keep the sound vibration going, purify the ether and help bring the world to a better place. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam, the summum bonum of the Absolute Truth and the Vedas. <clears throat> glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvada Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Mad Mahadana Manistadaka Mad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth my Savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadutadayin atinicho chitakara hanamun chagadachinmam premnarit kantayokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right, we've reached the third chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Lord's pastimes out of Vrindavan. Uddhava is continuing to remember Krishna uh, in deep feelings of separation. Text 1. Sri Uddhava said, Thereafter, Lord Krishna went to Mathura city with Sri Baladev, and to please their parents, they dragged Kangsa, the leader of public enemies, down from his throne and killed him, pulling him along the ground with great strength. Purport King Kangsa's death is only briefly described here because such pastimes are vividly and elaborately described in the tenth canto. The Lord proved to be a worthy son of his parents, even at the age of sixteen years. Both brothers, Lord Krishna and Lord Baladev, went to Mathura from Vrindavan and killed their maternal uncle, who had given so much trouble to their parents, Vasudev and Devaki. Kangsa was a great giant, and Vasudeva and Devaki never thought that Krishna and Balaram, Baladev, 
would be able to kill such a great and strong enemy. <clears throat> when the two brothers attacked Kangsa on the throne, their brothers, their parents, feared that now Kangsa would finally get the opportunity to kill their sons, whom they had hidden for so long in the house of Nanda Maharaj. The parents of the Lord, due to parental affection, felt extreme danger, and they almost fainted, just to convince them that, that they had actually killed Kangsa, Krishna and Baladev pulled Kangsa's dead body along the ground to encourage them. Text 2 <clears throat> The Lord learned all the Vedas with their different branches simply by hearing them once from their teacher, Sandipani Muni, whom he rewarded by bringing back his dead son from the region of Yamaloka. Purport No one but the Supreme Lord can become well-versed in all the branches of Vedic wisdom simply by hearing once from his teacher. Nor can anyone bring a dead body back to life after the soul has already gone to the region of Yamaraj. But Lord Krishna ventured to the planet of Yamaloka and found the dead son of his teacher and brought him back to his father as a reward for the instructions received. The Lord is constitutionally well-versed in all the Vedas, and yet to teach by example that everyone must go to learn the Vedas from an authorized teacher and must satisfy the teacher by service and reward, he himself adopted this system. <clears throat> the Lord offered his services to his teacher, Sandipani Muni, and the Muni, knowing the power of the Lord, asked something which was impossible to be done by anyone else. The teacher asked that his beloved son, who had died, <clears throat> be brought back to him, and the Lord fulfilled the request. The Lord is not, therefore, an ingrate to anyone who renders, renders him some sort of service. The devotees of the Lord who always engage in his loving service, are never to be disappointed in the progressive march of devotional service. Text 3 <clears throat> Attracted by the beauty <clears throat> and fortune of Rukmini, the daughter of King Bhishmaka, many great princes and, and kings assembled to marry her. But Lord Krishna stepping over the other hopeful candidates, carried her away as his own share, as Garuda carried away nectar. Purport Princess Rukmini, the daughter of King Bhishmaka, was actually as attractive as fortune itself because she was as valuable as gold, both in color and in value. Since the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi, is the property of the Supreme Lord, Rukmini was actually meant for Lord Krishna. But Shishupal was selected as her bridegroom by Rukmini's elder brother, although King Bhishmaka wanted his daughter to be married to Krishna. Rukmini invited Krishna to take her away from the clutches of Shishupal. So when the bridegroom, Shishupal, came there with his party with the desire to marry Rukmini, Krishna all of a sudden swept her from the scene, stepping over the heads of all the princes there, just as Garuda carried away nectar from the hands of the demigods. The incident of Krishna's kidnapping Rukmini will be clearly explained in the tenth canto. Text 4 By subduing seven bulls whose noses were not pierced, the Lord achieved the hand of Princess Nagnajiti in the open competitions to select her bridegroom. Although the Lord was victorious, his competitors asked the hand of the princess, and thus there was a fight. Well equipped with weapons, the Lord killed or wounded all of them, but he was not hurt himself. Text 5 
just to please his dear wife, the Lord brought back the Parijata tree from heaven, just as an ordinary husband would do. But Indra, the king of heaven, induced by his wives, henpecked as he was, ran after the Lord with full force to fight him. Purport The Lord once went to the heavenly planet to present an earring to Aditi. The Lord once went to the heavenly planet to present an earring to Aditi, the mother of the demigods, and his wife Satyabhama also went with him. There is a special, a special flowering tree called the Parijata, which grows only in the heavenly planets, and Satyabhama wanted this tree just to please his wife, just like an ordinary husband. The Lord brought back the tree, and this enraged Vajri, or the controller of the thunderbolt. Indra's wives inspired him to run after the Lord to fight. And Indra, because he was a henpecked husband and also a fool, listened to them and dared to fight with Krishna. He was a fool <clears throat> on this occasion because he forgot that everything belongs to Krishna. There was no fault on the part of the Lord, even though he took away the tree from the heavenly kingdom. But because Indra was henpecked, dominated by his beautiful wives like Shachi, he became a fool, just as all persons who are dominated by their wives are generally foolish. Indra thought that Krishna was a henpecked husband, who only by the will of his wife Satyabhama took away the property of heaven. And therefore he thought that Krishna could be punished. He forgot that the Lord is the proprietor of everything and cannot be henpecked. The Lord is fully independent and by His will only He can have hundreds and thousands of wives like Satyabhama. He was not therefore attached to Satyabhama because she was a beautiful wife, but, because, but He was pleased with her devotional service and thus wanted to reciprocate the unalloyed devotion of his devotee. Text 6 Narakasura, the son of Dharitri, the earth, tried to grasp the whole sky, and for this he was killed by the Lord in a fight. His mother then prayed to the Lord. This led to the return of the kingdom to the son of Narakasura, and thus the Lord entered the house of the demon. Purport. It is said in other Puranas that Narakasura was the son of Dharitri, the earth, by the Lord himself. But he became a demon due to the bad association of Bana, another demon. An atheist is called a demon and it is a fact that even a person born of good parents can turn into a demon by bad association. Birth is not always the criterion of goodness, unless and until one is trained in the culture of good association, one cannot become good. Text 7 There, in the house of the demon, all the princesses kidnapped by Narakasura at once became alert upon seeing the Lord, the friend of the distressed. They looked upon him with eagerness, joy, and shyness, and offered to be his wives. Purport Narakasura kidnapped many daughters of great kings and kept them imprisoned in his palace. But when he was killed by the Lord, and the Lord entered the house of the demon, all the princesses were enlivened with joy and offered to become his wives because the Lord is the only friend of the distressed. Unless the Lord accepted them, there would be no chance of their being married because the demon kidnapped them from their father's custody and therefore no one 
would agree to marry them. According to Vedic society, girls are transferred from the custody of their father to the custody of the husband. Since these princesses had already been taken away from the custody of their fathers, it would have been difficult for them to have any husband other than the Lord himself. Text 8 All those princesses were lodged in different apartments, and the Lord simultaneously assumed different bodily expansions, exactly matching each and every princess. He accepted their hands in perfect rituals by his internal potency. Purport In the Brahma Sangita 533, the Lord is described as follows in regard to his innumerable plenary expansions. Advaitam achutamanadim anantarupam adyam purana purusham navayovanam cha vedeshu durlabam adurlabam atmabhakto govindam adipurusham tamaham bhajami The Lord Govinda, whom I worship, is the original personality of Godhead. He is non-different from his innumerable plenary expansions who are all infallible, original, and unlimited, and to have eternal forms. Although he is primeval, the oldest personality, he is always fresh and young. By his internal potency, the Lord can expand himself into various personalities of Swayam Prakash, and again into Prabhava and Vaibhava forms. And all of them are non-different from one another. The forms into which the Lord expanded to marry the princesses in different apartments were all slightly different, just to match each and every one of them. <clears throat> they are called Vaibhava Vilas, forms of the Lord, and are effected by His internal potency, Yogamaya. Text 9 <clears throat> Just to expand himself, according to his transcendental features, the Lord begot in each and every one of them ten offspring with exactly his own qualities. Only 16,000. Text 10 Kalayavana, the king of Magadha, and Shalva attacked the city of Mathura. But when the city was encircled by their soldiers, the Lord refrained from killing them personally just to show the power of his own men. Oh, I see, that's Jarasandha. Hmm. Purport. After the death of Kangsa, when Mathura was encircled by the soldiers of Kalyavana, Jarasandha, and Shalva, the Lord seemingly fled from the city, and thus he is known as Ranchor or one who fled from fighting. Actually, the fact was that the Lord wanted to kill them through the agency of his own men, devotees like Muchukunda and Bhima. Kalyavana and the king of Magadha were killed by Muchukunda and Bhima, respectively, who acted as agents of the Lord. Oh, I see. I'll read that again. Actually, the fact was that the Lord wanted to kill them through the agency of his own men, devotees like Muchukunda and Bhima. Kalyavanam and the king of Magadha were killed by Muchukunda and Bhima, respectively, who acted as agents of the Lord. By such acts, 
The Lord wanted to exhibit the prowess of his devotees as if he were personally unable to fight, but his devotees could kill them. The relationship of the Lord with his devotees is a very happy one. Actually, the Lord descended at the request of Brahma in order to kill all the undesirables of the world, but to divide the share of glory he sometimes engaged his devotees to take the credit. The battle of Kurukshetra was designed by the Lord himself, but just to give credit to his devotee, Arjuna, Nimitamatram Chin. he played the part of the charioteer, while Arjuna was given the chance to play the fighter and thus become the hero of the battle of Kurukshetra. What he wants to do himself by his transcendental plans, he executes through his confidential devotees. That is the way of the Lord's mercy towards his pure, unalloyed devotees. Text 11 Of kings like Shambhara, Dridrida, Bana, Mura, Balvala, and many other demons, such as Dantavakra. Some he killed himself, and some he caused to be killed by others. Sri Baladev, etc. Text 12 Then, O Vidura, the Lord caused all the kings, both the enemies and those on the side of your fighting nephews, to be killed in the battle of Kurukshetra. All those kings were so great and strong that the earth seemed to shake as they traversed the war field. Text 13 Duryodhana was bereft of his fortune and duration of life because of the intricacy of ill advice given by Karna, Dushasana and Sobala. When he lay on the ground with his followers, his thighs broken, although he was powerful, the Lord was not happy to see the scene. Purport. The fall of Duryodhana, the leading son of Dhritarashtra, was not pleasing to the Lord, although he was on the side of Arjuna, and it was he who advised Bhima how to break the thighs of Duryodhana while the fight was going on. The Lord is constrained to award punishment upon the wrongdoer, but he is not happy to award such punishments, because the living entities or originally his parts and parcels. He is harder than the thunderbolt for the wrongdoer and softer than the rose for the faithful. The wrongdoer is misled by bad associates and by ill advice, which is against the established principles of the Lord's order, and thus he becomes subject to punishment. The surest path to happiness is to live by the principles laid down by the Lord and not disobey his established laws, which are enunciated in the Vedas and the Puranas for the forgetful living entities. Text 14 After the end of the battle of Kurukshetra, the Lord said, The abatement of the earth's great burden, 18 Akshohinis, has now been effected by the help of Drona, Bhishma, Arjuna and Bhima. But what is this? There is still the great strength of the Yadu dynasty, born of myself, which may be a more unbearable burden. Purport It is a wrong theory that due to an increase in population, the world becomes overburdened, and therefore there are wars and other annihilating processes. The earth is never overburdened. The heaviest mountains and oceans on the face of the earth hold more living entities than there are human beings, and they are not overburdened. If a census were taken of all the living beings on the surface of the earth, certainly it would be found that the number of humans is not even 5% of the total number of living beings. If the birth rate of human beings is increasing, 
then the birth rate of other living beings is increasing proportionately. The birth rate of lower living beasts, of lower animals, beasts, aquatics, birds, etc., is far greater than that of human beings. There is an adequate arrangement for food for all the living beings all over the earth by the order of the Supreme Lord, and He can arrange more and more if there is actually a disproportionate increase of living beings. Therefore, there is no question of an increase in population causing a burden. The earth became overburdened due to dharma glani, or irregular discharge of the Lord's desire. The Lord appeared on the earth to curb the, the increase in miscreants and not the increase in population, as is wrongly put forward by the mundane economists. When Lord Krishna appeared, there had been a great increase in miscreants who had violated the desire of the Lord. The material creation is meant for fulfilling the desire of the Lord, and His desire is that the conditioned souls who were unfit to enter into the kingdom of God have a chance to improve their conditions for entering. The entire process of cosmic arrangement is intended just to give a chance to the conditioned souls to enter the kingdom of God. And there is an adequate arrangement for their maintenance by the nature of the Lord. Therefore, although there may be a great increase in population on the surface of the earth, if the people are exactly in line with God consciousness and are not miscreants, such a burden on the earth is a source of pleasure for her. There are two kinds of burdens. There is the burden of the beast and the burden of love. <laughs> the burden of the beast is unbearable, but the burden of love is a source of pleasure. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti describes the burden of love very practically. He says that the burden of the husband on the young wife, the burden of the child on the lap of the mother, and the burden of wealth on the businessman, although actually burdens from the viewpoint of heaviness, are sources of pleasure. And in the absence of such burdensome objects, one may feel the burden of separation, which is heavier to bear than the actual burden of love. When Lord Krishna referred to the burden of the Yadu dynasty on the earth, he referred to something different than the burden of the beast. The large numbers of family members born of Lord Krishna counted to some, million, to some millions and were certainly a great increase in the population of the earth. But because all of them were expansions of the Lord Himself by His transcendental plenary expansions, they were a source of great pleasure for the earth. When the Lord referred to them in connection with the burden of the earth, He had in mind their imminent disappearance from the earth. All the members of the family of Lord Krishna were incarnations of different demigods, and they, and they were to disappear from the surface of the earth along with the Lord. When He referred to the unbearable heaviness on the earth in connection with the Yerudhanisti, he was referring to the burden of their separation. Srila Jiva Goswami confirms this inference. Text 15 When they quarrel among themselves, influenced by intoxication, with their eyes red like copper because of drinking madhu, then only will they disappear. Otherwise, it will not be possible. On my disappearance, this incident will take place. PURPORT The Lord and His associates appear and disappear by the will of the Lord. They are not subjected to the laws of material nature. No one was able to kill the family of the Lord, nor was there any possibility of their natural death by the laws of nature. The only means, therefore, for their disappearance was the make-show of a fight amongst themselves, as if brawling in intoxication due to drinking. 
that so-called fighting would also take place by the will of the Lord. Otherwise, there would be no cause for their fighting, just as Arjuna was made to be illusioned by family affection, and thus the Bhagavad Gita was spoken. So the Yadu dynasty was made to be intoxicated by the will of the Lord and nothing more. The devotees and associates of the Lord are completely surrendered souls. Thus, they are transcendental instruments in the hands of the Lord and can be used in any way the Lord desires. The pure devotees also enjoy such pastimes of the Lord because they want to see Him happy. Devotees of the Lord never assert independent individuality. On the contrary, they utilize their individuality in pursuit of the desires of the Lord. And this cooperation of the devotees with the Lord makes a perfect scene of the Lord's pastimes. Text 16 Lord Sri Krishna, thus thinking to himself, established Maharaj Yudhishthir in the position of supreme controller of the world in order to show the ideal of administration on the path of piety. Text 17 <clears throat> The embryo of Puru's descendant begotten by the great hero Abhimanyu in the womb of Uttara, his wife, was burnt by the weapon of the son of Drona, but later he was again protected by the Lord. Purport The embryonic body of Parikshit, which was forming after Uttara's impregnation by Abhimanyu, the great hero, was burned by the Brahmastra of Ashwatthama. But a second body was given by the Lord within the womb, and thus the descendant of Puru was saved. This incident is the direct proof that the body and the living entity, the spiritual spark, are different. When the living entity takes shelter in the womb of a woman through the injection of the semen of a man, there is an emulsification of the man's and woman's discharges, and thus a body is formed the size of a pea, gradually developing into a complete body. But if the developing embryo is destroyed in some way or other, the living entity has to take shelter in another body, in the womb of another woman. The particular living entity who was selected to be the descendant of Maharaj Puru or the Pandavas was not an ordinary living entity, and by the superior will of the Lord he was destined to be the successor to Maharaj Yudhishthir. Therefore, when Ashwatthama destroyed the embryo of Maharaj Parikshit, the Lord, by his own internal potency, entered the womb of Uttara by his plenary portion, just to give audience to the future Maharaj Parikshit, who was in great danger. By his appearance within the womb, the Lord encouraged the child and gave him complete protection in a new body by his omnipotency. By the power of his omnipresence, he was present both inside and outside of Uttara and other members of the Pandava family. Text 18 The Supreme Lord induced the son of Dharma to perform three horse sacrifices and Maharaj Yudhishthir constantly followed, following Krishna, the Personality of Godhead, protected and enjoyed the earth assisted by his younger brothers. Purport Maharaj Yudhishthir was the ideal monarchical, monarchical representative on the earth because he was a constant follower of the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. As stated in the Vedas, Ishupanishad, the Lord is the proprietor of the entire manifested cosmic creation, which presents a chance for the conditioned souls to revive their eternal relationship with the Lord 
and thus go back to Godhead, back home. The whole system of the material world is arranged with that program and plan. Anyone who violates the plan is punished by the law of nature, which is acting by the direction of the Supreme Lord. Maharaj Yudhishthir was installed on the throne of the earth as a representative of the Lord. The king is always expected to be the representative of the Lord. Perfect monarchy necessitates representation of the supreme will of the Lord, and Maharaj Yudhishthir was the ideal monarch on this supreme principle. Both the king and the subjects were happy in the discharge of worldly duties, and thus protection of the citizens and enjoyment of natural life with full cooperation of material nature followed in the reign of Maharaj Yudhishthir and his worthy descendants like Maharaj Parikshit. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. So that brings us to almost 8 o'clock. We'll, we'll stop there. That's a good 40 minutes today. And we'll start tomorrow at text 19. So we're just waiting for the reflections of the sages who've tuned in tonight to hear the pastimes of the Lord together. Hare Krishna. First is from Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and your daily reading service of Sri the Prabhupada's books, Maharaj. I thank you for your encouragement, and um, I will continue in order to satisfy you. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to this transcendental nectar you read each day to guide us in our material lives while we duck and weave maya as it continually assaults our senses. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Graphic realization. Thank you. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna. Maharaj. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna to you. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, I am sailing in late tonight once again, having just finished another Sankirtan gathering with the Benelux devotees. Hare Krishna. Happy to hear and see you staunchly absorbed in reciting the truth. Hare Krishna, happy to see you engaged in pure devotional service. I was just listening uh, recently to the last uh, audio recordings of Srila Prabhupada uh, last month of his time with us and during that during the time he had his leading devotees around him his most confidential devotees and at one point he said to them I just want to see that you are all busily engaged that you stay busy in your activities of spreading Christian consciousness so I would like to say to Rati Manjari that because she stays busy uh, in devotional service, she's certainly pleasing Srila Prabhupada, and her success is guaranteed. Hare Krishna. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. <coughs> yes, Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Dear Guru Maharaj and all the assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. Today I heard many wonderful pastimes of the Lord. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna, those pastimes, hearing those pastimes <clears throat> are the most powerful way to dispel the influence of the material energy. Purify our hearts. Hearing these pastimes and hearing the supreme holy name of the Lord uh, are the most powerful 
uh, mediums for uh, purifying our hearts and making us eligible to go back to Godhead. Without a doubt. And from Subara Rajagopal. Yes, Subara Rajagopal. Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings, which keep us on the track of Shravanam and Kirtanam of Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes, that is my goal, and I thank you very much for recognizing that, and thank you very much for being there and becoming a regular hearer. It's very satisfying, Hare Krishna, to see. This is from Tirta Kirti. Tirta Kirti, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj from Wales. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. It's interesting that even the son of the Lord, Narakasura, was turned into a demon by bad association. Yes, very interesting. I thought that while I was reading also. Very interesting. means no one is above bad association and therefore everyone should be careful and as devotees we should be Prabhupada used the term um, I can't remember exactly the word he used but, but, but he meant uh, very diligently very carefully uh, avoid the pitfalls, whatever it is that causes us to uh, causes unfavorable things to our devotional life. It's one of the one of the divisions of surrender, to reject whatever is fa- unfavorable to devotional service. Hare Krishna. Fixed in the basics. This is the mood. This is our mood. Stay fixed in the basics, and then, as Prabhupada said many times, Maya cannot touch you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. This is from Mina. Mina. From Mina. 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 The wife of Arvind from Amaraj. Oh, the wife of Arvind from from Oh Hare Krishna Mina Hare Bo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for your readings. Wanted to share that my unborn baby hears your readings regularly and kicks about ecstatically every time she hears you speak. <laughs> well, that confirms the Srimad Bhagavatam and confirms the direction of all the scriptures that when a woman is pregnant, she should, ha- she should hear regularly the Bhagavatam uh, because the child will hear just as Prahlad Maharaj heard Narada Muni when he was instructing his mother so this is very happy news very happy news I thank you so much and uh, this child will certainly become exalted Haribo Just like we heard how Maharaj Prikshit was saved within the womb of Uttara. So the same thing. If, we, if you hear and keep hearing the Bhagavatam uh, while, while your baby's in the womb, then, uh, yeah, he gets the special mercy of Krishna. No doubt. No doubt. Hare Krishna. All right, thank you everybody. 
So, whoops. Sorry. It just came from Goranga Gopal. Haribo Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I love this quote in purport to text 15. Quote, devotees of the Lord never assert independent individuality. On the contrary, they utilize their individuality in the pursuit of the desires of the Lord. And this cooperation of the devotees with the Lord makes a perfect scene of the Lord's pastimes. Yes. We really need to understand that our ego is eternally connected to the Lord and that our own desires must facilitate His desires. It takes a deep realization to understand that it's not because we are not at the forefront that we are thus important. Well, all the devotees of this Christian conscious movement are in the forefront. Every single one of them is on the front lines of a fight against Maya. That's one point. Uh, and what was the first part? I had something to say about the first part, but I forgot what it was. The devotees of the Lord never assert independent individuality. Yes, yes, that's it. You know, Srila Prabhupada said that he appreciated if his devotees were independently thoughtful. Now, some devotees, after Prabhupada's, well, even before his disappearance, would interpret that to mean that it would be all right to do things independently. But that's not what Prabhupada meant. And it's being clarified here in this purport that independent thoughtfulness means to use your independence to surrender to the Lord, not to use your independence, independent thoughtfulness to be independent from the Lord. That's what brought us here to the material world in the first place. So why would we want to stay here after getting the mercy of the Lord, you know, by hearing about Him and, and hearing His instructions, what to do and what not to do? So this is a very important point because it's so subtle that some devotees think that that's what Prabhupada was asking for us to be independent of him, independent of Krishna. No, we cannot be independent of Krishna. No one can be independent of Krishna because we are, by constitution, parts and parcels of Krishna. We cannot be any more independent of Krishna than the photons emanating from the sun can be independent of the sun. You cannot see the sunshine, you cannot ever see the sun without the sunshine or the sunshine without the sun. They are one thing, one unit. And the Lord and the living entities are also one unit. Plus its expansions and all the material and internal energy, that is the absolute truth. So use your independent thoughtfulness to do things that are pleasing to the Lord by figuring out ways of spreading Christian consciousness. That's what Prabhupada meant. Strain your brains to figure out how to spread Krishna consciousness in some way or other according to your capacity. In every service, how little, how small, how big is dear to Krishna. Hare Krishna. Next is from Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. The Welsh realizations are pouring in now. He says, Thanks for your reading, Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I found it interesting how Prabhupada described the pure devotees as being transcendental instruments in the hands of the Lord and thus to be used in any way the Lord desires. Mm. Devotees never assert independent individuality but utilize their individuality for the pleasure of Krishna. Really want to become a good instrument for Prabhupada. Exalted desire, may it be so. So be it. Hare Krishna. Thank you. 
Om Shanti Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for blessing me. I need it very much. I was hearing even a short time tonight and thinking to myself that there is a special taste and effect that hearing Srimad Bhagavatam brings, which I cannot get anywhere else. It is like a spiritual workout. I do not possess the <laughs> words to describe what it does to me hearing you read the Bhagavatam, but I have become addicted to get my daily dose. There you go. This is a wonderful idea. Srila Prabhupada said, we should become as addicted to Krishna as the materialists are addicted to sense gratification. And then our, our success will be guaranteed because that's what Krishna is looking for. That's what he's waiting for. Thank you so much for all these lovely reflections, including the one that's coming up just now. From Ananda Murthy. She says, Last Saturday I went out for Harinam with few devotees, and at the park we talked a little bit with one young mother who has two children. Then after some moments we were on our way to return from the park, and again we met her. And she said to us she was trying to find us again to talk more. She was not knowing where we were, but she anyway tried to find her. I have exchanged the contact address. She was almost crying and trying to find the real way to live. She is trying to be vegetarian and she is now ready to take Krishna consciousness. I gave her prasad sweets and now we are keeping in touch. She is reading Bhagavad Gita which she received from my prasad restaurant staff at my restaurant. This was the first time to meet her for me. Our connection. Krishna made a wonderful arrangement for us. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai and your service of this preaching spirit which I've known that you had since a long time ago uh, is undying and it is endearing you to Lord Chaitanya. Prabhupada said if you can meet one devotee and make them a pure devotee your spiritual success is guaranteed. And you're making a lot of devotees, I can tell, I can hear from your reports. It's wonderful. M absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Bhakta Rupa said thanks much. You're welcome, Bhakta Rupa. Least I can do for your butterfly that you gave me for Prabhupada. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, samabeda bhaktivinda ki jai, gor premanandi hari hari bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as Uddhava continues to pour nectar into our ears, the pastimes of Krishna in deep separation. See you tomorrow, Hari Krishna.